Well, someone once said, there is no such thing as an average man, only those who act average. What we're going to talk about today hopefully elevates our thinking out of average thinking or seeing anyone as average, especially that person in the mirror, because what we look at today is central to our identity in Christ, and we'll see the reality of how we should recognize ourselves far from average in any respect. Let me read the words of Psalm 98. We'll comment out on it here in a few minutes. Just uh, listen, though, to the words here of Psalm 98. You'll see a theme very easily, though. Sing to the Lord a new song. He has done marvelous deeds. His right hand, his holy arm have accomplished deliverance. He's made known his salvation, his righteousness revealed. He remembered his mercy. All the ends of the earth have seen the deliverance of God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Break out a loud song, sing praise, sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the lyre, the sound of melody. Make a joyful noise. Let the sea roar, all that fills it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful with righteousness. He's coming to judge the earth. With righteousness, he'll judge the world and the people with justice. We are in the time frame now of what's known as the fall feast, holy days. There's three, and there's then a, a particular feast that bridges the, the three. The first one is known as the Feast of Trumpets, or Rosh Hashanah. In the biblical sense, this is the beginning of the new year, but so much more, taking place at the end of September. And then there's ten days called the Ten Days of Awe that bridges that feast, the Day of Atonement, followed by tabernacles. Feast of Trumpets is known for several things. It's when Moses ascended Mount Sinai. It's when the walls of Jericho fell. It also is something else, though. Notice here, Leviticus 23, 24 says about this feast, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month of the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial, blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation, the Feast of Trumpets, or Rosh Hashanah, known because at the beginning of the feast, a trumpet was blown. For several reasons. It's also believed that on this day, Abraham, he was going to sacrifice Isaac. The ram was there to sacrifice instead. So the ram's horn is the shofar or the trumpet blown on that day to signal it's the beginning of these fall feasts. Trumpets also announced a king. They announced triumph. Trumpets, just like we use today in military times, they're a call to order. They're also a wake-up call to, to arise from slumber. In fact, one of the prayers used for centuries on this day is, Wake, O sleeper, awake from your slumber. This day is meant to be a moment to bring us to notice things we haven't noticed, commit to things maybe we didn't commit to, We'll see many more things here about that feast in a moment. Psalm 89 speaks of this feast. Notice how David writes about it. He says, Blessed or happy are those who know the joyful sound, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your presence. They rejoice in your name all day long. Blessed, happy, joyful, rejoicing. These are all themes of the Feast of Trumpets because it's a celebration, most of all, of spiritual victory or triumph. And so it's, it's the beginning of the new, new year biblically. 
We, in this culture, recognize January 1st, but in Scripture, Feast of Trumpets, it falls September, October time frame. Not the same day every year, but it falls in that time frame. But it's a time to, to recognize new beginnings and some other things we'll see in just a moment. Jason Sobel shares this. He says, Jesus came to undo all that we lost in the Garden of Eden. For us, the feast is a recognition of that. The sound of the trumpet, it signals Christ's return. It, it signals, again, to awake from spiritual slumber. It, it signals, again, the victory we have in all things. That's why, again, there's average thinking. There's no average people, especially when we recognize who we are in Christ. Michael Chitwood says this, God has something better for us than poverty, defeat, and disappointment. I think that is absolutely true. Many people do think, though, that life is about disappointments and defeats. In Christ, though, we are promised that all the promises are yes and amen in him. He's not called us to defeat and disappointment. Rather, he's called us to find our strength in him, victory in him, able to do all things by his strength. Average thinking needs to be something that falls by the wayside. Back in the 1800s, Simka Bunim, theologian in Poland, carried two pieces of paper, one in each pocket. On one, he had written, for my sake, the world was created. On the other paper, he had written, I am but dust and ashes. Both of these are true. For my sake, the world was created. We all have the value of being created in the image of God, that value so much Christ died to redeem our life. We also recognize, recognize we are but dust and ashes, a recognition that apart from him, we can do nothing. So both those are true, but again, we're going to see the reality is the Feast of Trumpets, these other feasts are meant to give us higher thinking, not average thinking. One thing that's celebrated during these feasts is honey. Honey in scripture represents the promised land, the spiritual blessings. For Rosh Hashanah, it's common to say, may it be thy will, Lord God, God of our fathers, to renew unto us a good and sweet year. Again, to, to stop and say, Lord, for these next 12 months, may you bless our life, outreach, ministry, those around me. Again, it's about seeing things from a different light. James Allen puts it so well when he says, Today we are where our thoughts have taken us, and we are the architects, for better or worse, of our future. We are where our thoughts have taken us. Many have thoughts, again, of defeat, despair. Feasts are to remind us that we are called to live in joyfulness, celebration, overcoming strength in Christ. Psalm 47, also read during this time period. Notice again, is this average thinking? Is this defeat, poverty, something else? Notice what is written here. Psalm 47, which is also read during these feasts. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King. Sing praises, for He is the King of all the earth. 
sing praises with understanding. Feasts are a time, especially the, the first part with the trumpet of, again, clap your hands, give thanks, the voice of triumph. God has gone up with a shout, with the sound of the trumpet, sing praises, sing praises to the king. What comes after the Feast of Trumpets is very important. It's known as the Ten Days of Awe. The Ten Days between Rosh Hashanah and the Day of Atonement, they're Ten Days of Awe because there are Ten Days where it's important to give particular attention to especially things where we have done wrong that we need to make right. They're called the Ten Days of Awe because it's a special time of digging deeper spiritually to say, God, what do I need to correct? What relationship do I need to heal? And it's a time of real reflection because the idea is by the time then the Day of Atonement arrives, the people could arrive at the temple as much as they could with clean hands, a pure heart, recognizing that sin was paid for by one sacrifice, but we still confess that sin and want to come to worship with a sense of saying, you know what? For me, the entire world created, but I'm still just dust and ashes on my own. But in him, I want to be able to enter those gates with praise, come boldly to the throne, knowing my sins are washed away. So 10 days of awe, special time to stop and say again, particularly how have I wronged somebody that I need to make it right. As we've talked before, it's not something like in our culture where people say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry doesn't really accomplish a whole lot. You don't find that idea in Scripture. What you find in Scripture when somebody wrongs another is they come to a place of repentance where they commit to not do that thing again. They commit to do the opposite thing. And then they make recompense for how they have wronged that person. That's the idea behind the 10 days of awe. Imagine if each person really stopped and said, you know, in the past year, for those I've wronged, not just say I'm sorry, but let me make it right. Let me make it up to them. Let me do twice as much as expected, four times as much as expected, while committing to not do that thing again. Ten days of awe, ten days of stopping to say, God, what is in me that needs to be surrendered unto you that is not? Again, there's no average people. There's those who act average. The feasts are a call to a different standard, though, in our thinking, in our living, in our day-to-day -day life. Here's a, a great prayer for anybody, especially during this feast time, but every day, from Jim Woolsey, a missionary in Gabon, Africa, who really faced impossible odds sharing the gospel in, in a place very close to that, but then God opened these doors. But his prayer was this, Oh God, you are the only one who can unlock this door today. Oh God, you are the only one who can unlock this door today. You know, for husbands, for wives, relationships not maybe where they need to be, maybe even faltering, even dying. Perhaps the prayer during this feast, oh God, you're the only one who can unlock this door. For those facing financial strain and overwhelm, God, you're the one who can unlock this door. Others that are, are hurt or lonely, carrying a weight, a burden too heavy, 
Oh God, you alone can unlock this door today. Listening to Scott Anderson a few days ago, I wrote down something he shared that I thought was uh, just very profound. He was speaking about, again, average thinking or having an uncommon faith that steps out and believes God for all things. And, And he made this statement. He said, for those not taking a risk, for those with average thinking or defeat thinking, he shares this. God has no job in your life because you're doing everything on your own and taking no risks. During this time, do we pay attention to places maybe where God really has no job in my life, no room to work in my life because I'm just doing things safe, things I can accomplish on my own? One of the things about the Feast to Elevate Thinking is to say, you know what, where can I step out into an area, an arena of life, into a place of faith that I can't do it on my own? And then we see God step into those moments where we take that risk and then faith believeth all things. One more part of especially the Feast of Trumpets We're now in the days of awe, looking back now a few days, the important part of the Feast of Trumpets. There's one more piece to this picture here. Again, imagine the feast announced with the trumpet, wake from slumber. It also announces the beginning of these fall feasts. Ten days of awe begins, so we can make recompense, We can repent. So when the Day of Atonement arrives, we, as much as we can, arrive with clean hands, a pure heart. The trumpet, a sound of victory, rejoice, sing praise. There's one more piece to all of this. The most important piece of all. As only Anthony shares, during the Feast of Trumpets, the priests and Levites were singing certain psalms in the temple. Miles away, something else was happening at the same time. Again, one of the psalms that was being read was Psalm 98. We can imagine again they were gathering, particularly in that first century, But let's read that psalm again, Psalm 98. Recognize again what also is taking place. Because what was being done in the temple when they read that psalm miles away in Bethlehem, this is what was happening. You see, what we call the Christmas story, we recognize December 25th. The reality is that time frame, we may recognize that on our calendar, but Jesus was born on the Feast of Trumpets. Because the trumpet, it announced a king. It also was blown to announce a new king. There were no shepherds watching their fields at night in December. Jesus was born in the fall on the Feast of Trumpets. 
And while they were in the temple celebrating this feast, miles away, small cave in the town of Bethlehem, the true king was born. And now imagine the words of Psalm 98. Knowing that context, the trumpet blowing, announcing a king. Listen again to what David wrote. And imagine that picture in Bethlehem. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. His right hand and his holy arm have accomplished deliverance. The Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy, his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the deliverance of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all people. Break out in loud song, sing praises. Sing to the Lord with the harp, the harp and the sound of melody, the trumpets, the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. He's coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He'll judge the world and the people with justice. Now do we see the picture being painted. Not just days on a calendar. Not just a piece of history. Announcing the king. There's no average people. There's people that act average. Don't know their true identity. There's others that live in defeat and despair. May we recognize, for my sake, for your sake, the world was created. While at the same time, we recognize we are but dust and ashes. We have tremendous value but in our own strength, we can accomplish nothing. But we don't have to. Because the trumpet has sounded, and the king has arrived, and he now lives in you, he lives in me victorious. That's why the nations shall be glad. That's why the trees clap their hands. That's why there's the shout of joy and triumph. Tim Ballard, who was a ministry of outreach to rescue people, particularly, particularly those in human trafficking, shared in Operation Two Saint. A particular time, they had tracked down this child that had been kidnapped and held hostage for almost five years. So he was eight years old when they finally found where he was. Gone for five years. SWAT team, he said, went through the door there was this child. The team leader who went through the door said this child immediately ran into his arms. He scooped up this small boy. He said this child whispered in his ear, 
I should not be here. And as Tim Ballard shared, that was his moment of just recognizing his new calling to rescue people. There's a promise that the king has entered into the world, offers to enter into our life, finds us in that sin and brokenness. He whispers in our ear, you should not be here. And we surrender all to him and he whisks us away into a new life, into a new kingdom, into a new destiny. Sins are washed away. There's praise. And there's a joyful noise. And there's a new calling in life. And we enter into that holy moment and say, Lord, in this time of year where I need to right some wrongs, speak to my heart where I need to make some changes, I give it to you. When I see those impossible mountains, only you can unlock this door. I'm giving it all to thee. And I'm trusting, O King, that you have my best interest at heart and you will do all things for your glory, for your honor and praise, truly for our sake. The world was created, that we are but dust and ashes. But oh, what a wonderful thing it is to know the life-giving promise of the arrival of the King.